Mud Stories, Episode 41. Your mercy floods my tired soul as you lift me out of my muddy hole. You wash me up with your sweet grace and you lead me to a safer place again. Sometimes we get so caught up in being right and being the winner of an argument or a conflict or whatever that we forget about the relationship. It's kind of like that old saying, you can win the battle but lose the war. And I think that we do that sometime in our own relationships too, because we just want to be right. Hi, my name is Jackie Watkins, your host, and you're listening to Mud Stories, a podcast dedicated to bringing you inspiration in your muddiest moments, hope to make it through your mud, and encouragement for you to know that you are not alone. Hey there, welcome back to the Mud Stories podcast. Today we're talking all about the mess and mud of friendship with my very first returning guest, my friend Natalie Snap. Now, Natalie first joined us here at Mud Stories back in episodes 16 and 17, and she discussed her life story with us all about addiction and abortion and finding God through it all. Natalie became a believer in Christ around the age of 27. And if you missed Natalie's story, I would encourage you to go back and check out episodes 16 and 17. You can get there by going to JackieWatkins.com forward slash episode 16 or forward slash episode 17. And that'll give you a little bit of the backstory about Natalie and where she's come from and what she's faced in and through her mud in her life. Natalie is a wife to Jason, a mom to one spunky girl and two spirited boys, and some pets along the way, all with a crazy amount of energy, and they all reside together in the Midwest. Now, today is a really exciting day for Natalie because she is releasing her very first traditionally published book entitled Heart Sisters, Be the Friend You Want to Have. And I asked Natalie to come back because in episodes 16 and 17, we really talked a lot about this new book that was on her heart and the passion that she has for friendship, primarily female friendship. Although you'll hear in this episode that a lot of what we're going to talk about that applies to female friendship can apply to male friendships as well as in marriage. And so I remember talking with Natalie about this book because we first connected through blogging over three years ago when we were at a conference called She Speaks. And Natalie had brought the book proposal for this book and had some appointments to meet with some acquisitions editors to pitch this book idea. And I cannot be more excited for her today that this dream of hers that started so long ago has come to actual life and is launching into the world. It was also over a year ago that Natalie and I were able to connect in person for over a week when we found ourselves, by coincidence, on the exact same Caribbean cruise with our husbands. And so 
that was just so fun to sit with Natalie by the pool on that ship and hear about Heart Sisters. It was at a time when she had already completed writing the book. You know, these books take a while for these authors to be able to release to the world. It's just shocking. You know, they live the message and write the message and then they just wait and there's just a long editing process. Anyway, this podcast is certainly not about launching books or about book reviews by any means, but I invited Natalie to come back and share about this book that she's releasing. Number one, because she's my sweet friend. And number two, because I believe in the message that she's written, because I think there are so many muddy places in friendship and it can cause a lot of really deep hurt within our own selves as we learn to maneuver through the intricacies of friendship. So in this episode, we discuss conflict and friendship, a system and really some specific tips that we can implement if we find ourselves in disagreement or in angst with a friend. We talk about speaking the truth in love, the difference between being candid versus being honest. We talk about establishing boundaries in friendship, some red flags we should be on the lookout for, and how to find a heart sister friend today if we are in the mud of loneliness, if we are really longing to find a friend but not really sure how to. So I just hope that this episode is one that blesses you. We all need friendship in our lives and It's my hope that this conversation will be such a blessing to you, and I will catch you on the other side of this interview and give you some information about how you can win a free copy of Natalie's book today. So without further delay, enjoy. Hi, Natalie. Welcome back to the Mud Stories podcast. I'm so glad you could come back and join us here. Hi, Jackie. Thanks for having me again. It's wonderful to be back with you. Always. I know. I love it. Well, we first heard your Mud Story in episodes 16 and 17, yes. and you shared so candidly about addiction and abortion and finding God, and yet you also have a passion for friendship and specifically female friendships. Yes. Yeah. So for all of you men who listen to the Mud Stories podcast, I will give a disclaimer right now. <laughs> Today we're going to... Well, I don't know. We might be talking about some stuff that could apply well, to Well, that's what I was going to say. Well, you know, if know. we're going to primarily talk about female friendships and, you know, the mud and messiness that they are. But I think there are some parallels to yes, male great. friendship. And beyond that, I think, too... All of you men have women in your lives who deal with female yes. friendships. And so Very I think point. this would yes. will be I'm excited to talk to you about this topic because I think female friendships are so challenging and they're complicated. And, you know, I, as I was talking to, to Thad, my husband, about talking to you today, I was telling him, you know, I wish sometimes that in my female relationships that we could play by guy rules. You know, like, (laughs) like, for instance, like, it seems like when guys interact, you know, they're just doing activities together, hanging out. It's real cut and dry. What you see is what you get. They're direct. No hidden agendas. There's no, you know, passive aggressive manipulation, emotional hypersensitivity, you know. 
And yet we aren't wired that way. We're the nurturers, we're the feelers, you know, some of us are more objective and um, less feely. But in general, women tend to have more complicated friendships, it seems like, you know? Yes, that is true. It's just not easy. So before we dive into all of that mud of friendship, I'd love it if you just remind us and tell us again a little bit about yourself, your family, where you live and what you do. Well, I live in the Midwest. My husband's a dentist and I have three children. Uh, I have a daughter who is 11 and two little boys who are 15 months apart. One is uh, just turned eight. He will remind me. I keep calling them seven and oh my word, that's (laughs) an awful thing to say. Um, He just turned eight last week. And then I have a little, another little guy who will be seven this summer. So my two boys are 15 months apart and they are all kinds of fun with all kinds of energy. Yes. And then we just adopted a puppy last night. And so we have two fur babies now. <laughs> Last night, because that is a super fantastic idea when you're launching Why your first not book. Get a puppy when your book is three days away from being released. Why not? That sounds like a great idea, doesn't it, Jackie? <laughs> Bad timing. Oh. Yes. So, but they're fun. So far, so good. I prayed for a long time that they, there would be peace because I knew I couldn't handle it right now if there wasn't. So thank you, dear God, for that I one. know. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, never a dull moment at no. the snap household over there. No, it's wild kingdom for sure, but it's a good wild kingdom. I love it. Well, let's talk about friendship. And specifically, I'd love to hear as we start today, your experience with friendship, because undoubtedly, things that we write and things that we're passionate about often come from our personal experiences. And so I'd love it if you could share with us a situation or two that made you so ever keenly aware that female friendship is complicated. You know, maybe something that happened to you or some kind of mud you walked through in friendship and share with us what that looked like for you. Well, I can start with what began to form my opinion of women and being in relationship with other women. When I was Mm -hmm. in sixth grade, I had uh, a terrible experience. It started in sixth grade with bullying and uh, a couple older girls were kind of not big fans of mine. And uh, so I experienced just some really mean girl type of things. Yeah. And then my family moved away after uh, my first year of middle school. And it was okay for the, the next two years of middle school. And then in high school, my freshman year, it started back up in full force. And I've talked about mm-hmm. this and written about this other places. So I don't mean to be repetitive, but I was followed through the whole um of my high school with um, these big, long scissors by these girls who wanted to cut my very, very long hair off. Mm. Um, and just another friend of mine, with, there were three of us who were kind of the bully target. She had a concoction of orange juice and eggs dumped over the top of her head one morning before school. And this is before the days of social media. So I right. know this probably is sounding very tame, but at the time it was... <laughs> at the time it was big, it was, yeah. It was a very big deal. And I was... Eggs and orange juice in your hair. I mean, you know. Oh, I got egg and orange juice in our hair. That makes hair but, flat. Uh, Those were the years of poofy hair, right? Yeah. <laughs> No kidding. Perms and puffy hair. It was the age. I know. On people, that is a big deal. Big hair was our thing. So eggs and orange juice on our hair. We had lots of hairspray and it took hours. So um, it it just sort of made me a little gun shy around other women. I had some really good friends in high school, but um, I was a little scared of other girls, to be honest. And so that kind of got my wheels turning. But then it really started to surface again when I had young children and mm-hmm. we had moved to a new community and within a couple of years, I was leading a mops group of about 75 women at the time. And I noticed that 
there was some behavior between the women in the group that wasn't the way God would want us to act with each other. In other words, there was quite a bit of gossip, some conflict resolution stuff going on, not in a good Mm way, and kind of writing people off after a disagreement and just stuff that, that shouldn't be going on in the Christian community. I'm not so naive to believe that Christians are perfect. Certainly not. But because I didn't become a believer until I was 27 years old, I have friends who are not believers and friends who are. And it kind of caught my attention that my friends who were not believers were doing conflict in relationship with other women better than my Christian friends were. Right. Because when you say MOPS group, you mean Mothers of Preschoolers. It's a group that meets at a church for support and encouragement when you have little, little kids. So that environment that you were leading, you sort of would expect if you love Jesus and you want to love others, that you would have more skills and more wisdom to handle conflict and problems in relationships than people who don't hold to that. And you didn't find that to be the case. Exactly. All the time. That was not the case. And and I don't want to portray this group as just, you know, like the housewives of West Lafayette by any (laughs) means. I mean, they they were (laughs) kind, loving, wonderful women, but there were just some specific cases within that 75 of women who some things came up and and it was just a little bit um, alarming and eye-opening that this is how they chose to walk through the conflict. And so that was one thing that opened my eyes. And so I was looking for a book with our leadership team of about 14 women to read so that we could all be on the same page on what we're supposed to do. And I couldn't find one. And so that's how Heart Sisters came to be. And right about that same time, I had a friend breakup as well. And a lot of women talk about Mm. friend breakups and have been through friend breakups. And, you know, what we don't talk about is the fact that friend breakups are just as painful as romantic breakups. Yeah. Uh, we just don't talk about it in the same way. And so I, I had an, a situation where I was a really, really good friend with somebody else. Our kids hung out together and something happened between the two of us. And I can honestly say there was error on both of our part, mm-hmm. but it just, it, you know, it takes two to reconcile, one to forgive, two to reconcile. And so both parties weren't willing to reconcile. We've never reconciled. I have forgiven and I pray that she's forgiven me, but that reconciliation has not happened. And so that has been really, really hard. That's a loss. It's grief. Walk through. It is a loss and it, it is grief. And so that was a really hard, hard thing. And as I began to talk about this with my close friends, um, who are my heart sisters, they all revealed that they had hurts and experiences mm-hmm. like this. And just since I've started to write on this topic and you know, with the release of Heart Sisters, you would not believe the amount of women who have contacted me saying, me too. I went through a friend breakup and it, I thought I was just going to die. The, the hurt was so thick. Yeah. And so I know I'm not alone in that. I can totally relate to you. I had a relationship. You know, you go through seasons in life with friendships, I think. And it's really hard because sometimes we have unrealistic expectations of what friendship should be. And we can talk about that later, perhaps, because I think that's a whole, you know, segment of its own. But I think I had in that season some unrealistic expectations. And yet the relationship was playing out because our kids were similar ages and we had a reason to see each other on a regular basis. Right. But then some things happened and, you know, I started to see the writing on the wall that maybe it wasn't as good of a match as I thought that it was. Mm -hmm. And so you know how sometimes we can 
when you talk about the end of a friendship, I think the hard thing is sometimes it's a blow up, like a big argument, unresolved, takes time to actually get back to asking for forgiveness or, you know, reconciling or attempting to reconcile. But other times it's a slow fade. You know, that's right. You don't return a phone call. You don't return. Well, at the time we didn't have text messaging. It was like the the cord was was on. Well, we had wireless phones, but you still had to like pick it up off the thing. Right. Right. So what I'm referring to is you call less, you return the calls less, you maybe invite over less, you you skip the meeting where you would have otherwise met the group that you attended or whatever it was. And over time. That is a way to kill a friendship or to cause one to die without really confronting the issue. And so I think not only is it a slow fade without any line marked that it ended, but there's never any forcing of resolution for your own heart to deal with the issues that caused you to to create the drift because you were hurt. So then you take that to your next friendship and... You are who you are wherever you go. You know, we often think right. it's just like um, with with marriage, you know, sometimes we get the idea that the grass is going to be greener over there because we stop watering their grass right where we <laughs> right. are. Yep. And same in friendship. You know, we get this idea that, well, this one isn't working out so hot. So I'm just going to let this grass die in a slow fade and I'm going to move to the next pasture and everything's going to be fine. But we take our baggage with us. That's right. We you do. Know? And yes. um, thankfully, you know. I think there is hope for everyone, though, because after probably five or eight years, there was a circumstance with this friend where I allowed this to happen that reconnected our reason to see each other. And at first, I was really nervous about it because it had never been dealt with. It had never been spoken out loud what had happened. It was just like an unspoken and we started interacting again. And... um, we were able to exchange some really heartfelt conversations to go back and talk about what those issues had been that caused the fade. That's great. And I will say, you know, she is one of my closest friends now, but there was a period of five to eight years where I didn't think maybe I would really even interact with her ever again. So, you know, talk to us a little bit about this slow fade versus a blow up. And, you know, maybe let's talk first about handling conflict. You know, when, when something happens and you just go, I don't like how she did that or what she said or what happened. Let's talk about conflict. Okay. Conflict is a hard thing because I don't think there's anybody in the world that would raise their hand and say, yes, me, me, me. I love conflict. (laughs) But I think the challenge is, and why you sometimes see a blow up versus a slow fade Mm -hmm. is at the end of the day, I don't think many of us, and I've lumped myself in there most definitely, uh, really know how to do conflict in a way that's healthy. So we either blow up because we're frustrated or we just retreat because we don't know what to do. Right. So I think it just depends on your personality style. I mean, Lisa Turkhurst writes that great book on gluten and she talks about Mm -hmm. your different styles of, you know, blowing up. And so I think that's true and would depend on how you would handle a, a conflict with a friend. But, you know, what we're really called to do, what God tells us to do is to go to that person. But sometimes it's hard to know, like, do I need to really talk about this? Is this that big of a deal? Am I making a mountain out of a molehill? Mm -hmm. So I like to follow what I call the PEG procedure, the the PEG system. And the PEG system stands for pray first and ask God to reveal your own sin in that situation. Because sometimes it's, it's so easy for us to see other people who are hurting us, but it takes a while, a couple of days at least, if not more, for me to step back and see 
okay, what's my role in this? And it's funny because when I pray for God to reveal my role in a conflict, and especially if I have conflict in my marriage, it is amazing how fast I begin to see (laughs) my own sin. And And it's painful to see our own faults. You know, we want to be blind to them. No, and I don't really want to, to be completely honest. But if we are to be resurrection people who are after God's heart and we want Mm -hmm. to be shaped and molded by him and we truly believe that, then we have to have a heart of humility yes, and like it or not. And so we have to be able to notice and and recognize when we ourselves are falling short and missing the mark too. So the first step is to pray definitely and ask God to reveal what your part in it is. And if you do need to go talk to that person Mm -hmm. who has offended you. Uh, The second part is to examine. So to look at, you know, what is your role in that situation? And so some questions to consider during that examination period would be, am I going to be able to be around this person without thinking of the hurt? Mm. Um, Yeah, that is so good. If you, yeah, if you are, if you are able to be around that person without constantly thinking about it, then great. But if you're not, there's a flag that you might need to talk to to her. Because there's sometimes where little things can bug you, but if you really take some time, I think what you're talking about on the pray thing is ask God to help us really see, is this an issue I have that's really not a big issue that should be discussed? Or is this something that I my heart's not going to be able to let go of? Right. And, and so what you're, yes. Yeah. Because sometimes there are some issues that every time you see that person, it's just going to be that little pebble in your shoe. Like you just can't. And and then it's going to heighten your annoyance and irritation even more. Even every little thing they do, you'll be, you know, irritated with. And so there's that question. And then the other thing to consider is, will this impact my trust with this person? Hmm. And so if something has happened and you are unable to trust her in the future, then you probably are going to need to go and talk with her about that. Mm-hmm. Other questions to consider, am I hurt because of my own insecurity? Sometimes our friends can hit buttons with us mm-hmm. that are based on our own story, our own experience. So is it more about me or is it about them? True. Because we do have a filter through which we see the world. That's right. And our own experiences. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So we might be seeing something from our own lens. And so it could be that a friend has hit on our own insecurity. Yeah. Then something else. Am I expecting too much? I mean, we touched on that a little bit just a couple minutes ago that sometimes our standards are too high. We're expecting too much out of that relationship. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so those are just a couple of things to consider. I've got five questions that I always like to work through there. And those are the five. And so if I come to the conclusion that I really do need to go talk to her, the next step is to go. And that's the G in the PEG system. And so Matthew 18 does call us to go straight to that person, but we are also required to speak the truth in love. And so I think we need to wait before we go Mm. until our heart is in a position of humility and love so that we are communicating that we're choosing the relationship rather than just being right. And I think that happens so often in conflicts is that we want to be right Mm -hmm. and we want to be heard and we want our point to be the, the winning point. We want to be seen. Yeah. We do. And I think that 
sometimes we get so caught up in being right and being the winner of an argument or a conflict or whatever that we forget about the relationship. It's kind of like that old saying, you can win the battle, but lose the war. And I think that we do that sometime in our own relationships too, because we just want to be right. Absolutely. And I think time, like you're saying, taking some time, whether it's hours or days. Yeah, right. To really sit in it and ponder and reveal what part do I need to own? What part yes. do I really feel hurt by that I need them to know about? Exactly. And then that time distance helps cushion that hostile response that right. is emotional. It really, really does. I think so many of the blowups that happen between people is because they have not taken time to pray, examine and go. Certainly. Yes. Absolutely. You know, so much of this could apply to marriage too. I'm just thinking of it that. It does. I know that's why I giggled when you said it was about female friendships because I, I do write about this too, is that it's very applicable in your marriage as totally. well. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So if y'all are married, pay attention. Peg. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> pray, examine, go. <laughs> oh, okay. So let's see. As we've discussed some conflict that happens in friendship, let's talk about some boundaries. Because obviously, if our boundaries are out of whack, sometimes conflict is more inevitable. Right. So what place do boundaries have in our friendships? What might they look like? And how do they really start to protect us? Well, I think sometimes if we don't have boundaries in place, and, and I need to stop for just a second and talk about boundaries in general. I think there's this misconception in the Christian community that if you have boundaries up, you are not loving your fellow man. And I just do not agree with that. Jesus had boundaries. Mm -hmm. He had to instill boundaries in his own ministry as well. There were times when he had to stop and leave the crowds and go rest. There were times when he had to stop and go eat. Mm -hmm. He knew he needed to go pray and spend time with God for his spiritual self. So I think that we need to just recognize that boundaries are not only healthy, they're also holy. Mm -hmm. So we need to kind of change that idea that Christians have to love each other and give, 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 give. We do have to give, but we also have to fill ourselves too, or we're not going to have anything to give. But what I see sometimes with um, boundaries is that we'll continue to allow maybe other friends or other relationships to have so much control over our day-to-day -day lives and our, our daily functionings that we have no emotional or physical energy left to be with those who matter the most. And what I mean by that mm -hmm. is I've had friendships where they've required a lot of me. And that's not to say for a season. You know, I had a friend who went through a really, really hard thing and she needed yeah. me for a while. And I'm not suggesting that you just, well, I'm sorry, I've got to be with my family right now all the time. But I'm saying consistently over and over, it is hard to know when it is time to put that boundary in place. But it's also essential because I caught myself just not having the energy I needed to serve those I love the most. My husband and children were always the ones that were losing out. So I think right. boundaries are critical so that you can protect what God has called you to do first. And that is your family. Well, and sometimes it's so hard because it goes back to expectations again. Like some people have expectations that interaction is only going to be so frequent and other people are more demanding in their expectations. That's and so right. we don't always just say, hi, I want to be your friend. Okay. How often do you want to talk? I mean, we don't, we don't, <laughs> we don't like, 
like set the rules out like that. Like if I did that in a friendship, they'd be like, okay, I don't want to be her friend. She's way weird, you know, (laughs) way weird. Talking all about boundaries, you know. (laughs) Well, one of my friends described um, friendships as you can be a cactus friend or a rosebush friend. And cactus friends don't need a lot of tending. You know that they're going to be there even if you don't talk for weeks and weeks and weeks. Yes. Rosebush friends need just a little more tending. And so I think sometimes it depends And sometimes on... pruning. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Very yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I think you're saying is when it's appropriate, you can discuss boundaries. But again, it goes back to praying, examining, and going. You know, if you feel like yeah. that boundary has been crossed, then right. it's important to go on and have that crucial conversation, which, Natalie, can be so uncomfortable. Oh, it's I so know. It's so hard. Girl, you, I know. You don't want to hurt anyone, you know? Right. No, you don't. But it also is so damaging if you choose just to sweep it under the rug. I know. You're um, right. And it can be the end to a relationship if it you is. ignore it. I, that, yeah. That's exactly what happened in, in my situation that I talked about earlier is that this particular friend just wanted to not talk about it. And just move forward from that point on. But the unfortunate thing is that that was uh, impacting my trust level, my safety, and mm-hmm. like being able to be really real. Because I think that when you show that you will walk through conflict in a way that honors God and that you value the relationship so much to put the time into it, you actually become closer. And I have another example of that, mm-hmm. actually. My dear, dear friend, Melinda, who I talk about, and Heart Sisters as well, um, she is super close friend of mine, but we've walked through some hard stuff together. We've had yeah. to have some hard conversations and we've had situations where we've both said things we regretted. We're both really passionate people and we mm-hmm. both love God and we both are active in ministry, but we've had to walk through some hard stuff. And I tell you, I will go to bat for that girl any day. She is truly my sister because of the stuff that we have walked through together. So you know, if both yeah. parties walk through that conflict in a way that's healthy, then that, that can be the result. So, well, and to just be encouraged that conflict doesn't have to mean, you know, the death of a friendship. It actually no, it can, can be growth. Like when, absolutely, when you mentioned a rose bush where it needs more tending, the pruning part I was referring to is these kind of moments where you go, okay, we've got some blooms going on, but I'm feeling some thorns and right. You know, I really need to approach with my little pruny things. Right. <laughs> and we need to right. cut off some of this unhealthiness and some of these stems that might look really beautiful right now. But if I don't get rid of them now, there's not going to be room for even more future growth to happen and more intimacy That's to develop, right. you know. And I think we get afraid to do that because we're worried like we're going to cut off the bloom that's right there and it's pretty and it smells good. But right. it has some thorns and some ways that it's growing crooked. You know, we don't want to cut it off because we're afraid nothing's going to come back. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And, you know, sometimes that might be the case. I mean, if you right. have to instill a boundary and that person doesn't understand that and gets angry with you, well, then probably not going to be a good heart sister anyway. Their their heart is not in a position to be in a healthy well, let's talk about what a heart sister is. Okay. What qualities, because that is the title of your new book that's releasing today, Heart Sisters. Let's talk about what a heart sister actually is, because that might help us recognize when we have a relationship that really isn't a heart sister. Well, the first thing I would say is that you both have to have humble hearts and be able to say, I'm so sorry I was wrong. I messed up. Will you please forgive me? Because 
It's critical. Yeah. It's absolutely critical. And the thing is, if you're going to be in authentic, real relationship with other people, and I'm talking like vulnerable, really vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And I think we can all have a lot of good, pretty front porch friends. Things look good on the outside, Mm -hmm. but your heart sisters are the one that you, ones that you escort in to your dirty living room. And in some cases with some of my heart sisters, they've seen my dirty bathroom too. I mean, you know. And you don't pick up those places of your heart before you share. No, you don't. And so the bottom line is every one of us is disabled and we're going to mess up whenever we're in. In other words, we're human and we mess up. (laughs) We are human. The only person who never did was Jesus. And so none of us are Jesus. And so we know we're going to mess up and, and relationships can be messy. And so we know that we're going to mess up in relationships. And so we have to have that humble heart Mm -hmm. to be able to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. And that is how we grow. Another thing that a heart sister does is speak the truth in love. Sometimes we need Mm. to be told and pointed back to the truth. I know that there have been times when I've been believing lies and some of my heart sisters are the ones that will say, hey, you know, that's not true. That's just a bold-faced lie, Natalie. Mm -hmm. And they'll point me back to truth. And it's so important in those moments to really receive what they're saying. But it's hard. I think we have to realize if it's a relationship where we really honestly believe that they're for us, you know, yes. they're, they're common and their truth can feel prickly. But if we can just sit in it for a moment and think to ourselves, you know, they really are for me. And right. they really do say this in the context of their love for me. It makes it right. easier for us to hear, don't you think? I do. And Tim Kimmel wrote a book called Grace Based Parenting that I absolutely love. And in that book, he talked about the difference and exactly what you're saying being candid versus being honest. And when oftentimes when we're honest with other people, it's for our benefit. So you might say, well, right. you know, I'm just being honest. Right. You know, kind of that flipping. Which can be so maddening and hurtful. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm just telling you this to be honest. Well, that's great. But now you've thrown out a zinger that is really going to wound and hurt another person. But right. when we're candid, you actually have the other person's heart in mind and you're going to them in a way that shows your love for them. So when a heart sister speaks the truth in love to you, she's being candid, not honest. Mm-hmm. She has your heart in mind and she cares so much about you that she is willing to speak that truth to you in a kind and loving way. Yeah, absolutely. To know from the history of the relationship that you can trust in that. Yeah, absolutely. So important. Okay. So Natalie, there are all kinds of people in the world that we could become friends with. And so, you know, we're always starting new situations in life, whether it's a, you know, school group with our kids or somewhere at church or in the community. And I don't, I don't know about you, but there's some people you just feel that connection with. And I know from meeting them, I'm like, you know, I really want to investigate and pursue her and see maybe we could be friends. And it's kind of like dating a little bit. Like you're like, you want to meet. Okay. And then you start talking. And yet there are sometimes some signs that once you do have that initial interaction, maybe that person doesn't really have the ability to be like at the heart sister level that I'm longing for. Can you talk a little bit to that and what we maybe could look for as some signs as we're exploring new friendships? Yes. Well, one thing that I always think is a huge red flag to me is if I'm talking to somebody that I've just met and they immediately start trashing and talking about other people, Mm. then that's usually an indication that they might do the same for you. Right. (laughs) Right. Uh, um, 
big flags go off with me on that one. Another thing is if they um, don't respect the confidences of other people, meaning they're sharing something they know that they're not supposed to share and mm-hmm. they go ahead and share it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, those two things are big ones for me because I feel like, again, you know, if they're betraying the confidence of someone else, they're probably going to do that with me in the future. And that not always, I mean, that might sound a little harsh. I mean, we do have to give people grace and, but I always say it's what you do after your sin that matters. And so if you're with that person and that's a consistent thing that keeps coming up, then you might want to just be a proceed with caution on that. Mm-hmm. But let's say that you're with someone and they share something with you that maybe they shouldn't have. And later on they call you and they say, I am so sorry. I should not have shared that. Mm-hmm. Forgive me for that. Just know that I typically don't do that. And I just had a moment. Then I still think that that person can be safe because just what we talked about earlier, we're all disabled by the flesh totally. and we're all going to mess up and we need totally. to have grace. And that is one thing that heart sisters do do for each other is that they have grace. And so, well, and I've totally been guilty of that. Oh, me too. I have this one close friend. She gave me the best advice. And this was <laughs> in the aftermath of me apologizing for what you just said that people aren't beyond hope for, which is I mentioned something about someone else that I shouldn't have. And I felt convicted and I went back to her and I told her, you know, I want you to know me saying those things to you. And it wasn't me talking bad about that person. It was me divulging some information that probably should have remained confidential between me and that other person. Right. And yet this friend is so close to me that naturally anything that matters to me, I had a desire to share, but it really wasn't mine to share. And she, in her wisdom, of course, gave me the best advice ever after she forgave me, which was awesome. She said, you know, I really have come to navigate this part of friendship by making mistakes, too. And she said, I've really come to the place where if I have two friends that are really close friends, but they know each other, she said, I have made a point to be mindful to not speak about that other friend in the presence of the first friend if they know one another well because it's a conflict of interest and it really yes. it can get really messy and it right. is sort of unwise, oh, unwise and so i always try to think of that now since i've failed and <laughs> try to try right. to repair it um but i thought that was That's such wise advice. advice you know to do that to hold confidences absolutely and i think it all goes back to the state of your heart as well i mean are you sharing that information with someone else to be gossipy or are you sharing it out of concern and i think we all know too that concern can be masked as gossip as well right. so um well and i was think- sharing what i shared out of excitement something had happened oh, right. something had happened that was exciting to me but right. unfortunately because there was a connection between her and the other person too, then she became aware of something that wasn't really wrong for her to become aware of, but it affected her relationship with that person because that person didn't know that she knew. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? It's kind of complicated. I I hear what you're saying completely because then it becomes awkward because that person maybe wasn't ready to share that information. I hear what you're saying. Right, right. But my intention wasn't like gossip or to say anything about conflict. It was just an exciting thing that had happened, but it wasn't mine, mine to share. Right. Basically. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So hard. Right. It is. It can be. Definitely. Okay. Well, let's talk about people who don't have a friend right now, Natalie. You know, not all oh, of us are blessed hard. with deep heart sisters. And so many of us have gone through seasons or are in seasons where we're really lonely and we wish we could yes. meet that person who could 
be that confidant, that close heart sister friend. So what advice do you have for people who really want to have deep, close friends, but don't know how to find them? You know, I can say that I have been there, done that. And I am proof that it can happen. And just to tell a quick little story, when we first moved to the community where we're living in now, I knew one other person, we went to college together, but she lived on the other side of town and her kids were of different ages than mine were. And I moved to this new community. Well, my husband, I moved to this new community with our two and a half year old daughter. And 10 days later, I had a baby. And it was a very, very lonely time because mm-hmm. while we were just a little over an hour away, my whole family and my close friends were in Indianapolis and they were mm-hmm. a little too far to offer any kind of help. They did through email and stuff like that, but I was pretty lonely and yeah. I, I didn't have friends in our new community. And I think I mentioned earlier, my husband's a dentist. And so when you have a dental practice, you've got some pretty deep roots. You you know, you're not, once you buy into an office or a practice, you know, you're not going anywhere. This is where we're living. So, so Natalie snap to it and get some friends, Natalie snap. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> snap to it. Um, and so that one other person who I knew suggested that I try this mops group. And that's how I ended up going to mothers of preschoolers, which I love that ministry so, so much. But it doesn't have to be mops. It can be anything that you're interested in, any kind of group that you could possibly join. Or if you work full-time, you know, there are possible friendships at at the, at the workplace as well. I mean, I think it's just having eyes to see in your church, you know, is there a Bible study you can join? And I know this can be really, really hard to put yourself out there. Um, or even groups with common interests, you know, if you like to run or you like to exactly crochet or whatever. Yeah. Right. Crochet. I'm so old. (laughs) Hey, crochet. That's an awesome (laughs) You never know. Is it coming back? I think knitting is coming back, but but I don't know about crocheting. I just saw something about crocheting. I don't know. I can say that I'll never do it because I can't even sew a button on. But um, I think crocheting uses one needle and knitting uses two. So I'm thinking maybe the one needle thing is more simple for me. I don't know. I'll trust you on that. I digress. I digress. Sorry. I'm definitely deficient in that area. That's not my thing. I wish <laughs> I was, but I, okay. I wish I weren't. But uh, anyway, so common interest was my point. Common yeah. interest. We got on a little tangent. That's okay. Uh, common interest is, is a big thing. And just having the courage to keep putting yourself out there. Yeah. Because uh, I think that especially after we've been wounded by a friend, we mm-hmm. can retreat and kind of put up a wall to protect ourselves right. so we don't get hurt again. But, um, you know, it's not just a emotional need we have for girlfriends. It's also a biological need because Harvard does a really popular study every year called the nurses study. And they found one year that women who did not have strong networks of friendships posed just as much of a threat to their health as habitual smoking and being overweight. Wow. So Yes. And that was shocking to me when I ran across that when I was researching for Heart Sisters, because I always kind of thought that our desire for having girlfriends was was just an emotional need, but that's not true. It's a physical need as well. So it's super important that we keep putting ourselves out there and we don't fall into the, the trap that, well, we have a husband. If you're married, we have a husband and that's enough because... I love my mm-hmm. husband, but I don't know about you, but he doesn't always get what I'm saying, nor do I always get what he's saying. It's a two-way street, yeah. but man, there are times when I'm so thankful. I have my heart sisters yeah. that I can talk to about certain things. My husband is awesome at fixing things, you know, like fixing yes. situations or advice on how to solve it. But, you know, sometimes we don't need a fix. We just need to be listened no. to. Right. And so sometimes now he'll say, okay. So you're going to tell me something. Do you want me to fix it or do you want me to listen? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm all, oh, it's taken lots of practice, believe me. 
lots of stumbling and practice, but yeah. And so sometimes I'll say, absolutely. Just listen. He's all, yes. all right then. <laughs> right. Well, good for him. But that you're right. It, it, well, it's been a long time in coming. <laughs> Don't be impressed. You too can do the listen or fix question. That's you right. Know? That's right. And that's the message I want to get out to women who feel lonely right now yeah. is that I have been there. Mm-hmm. I once too did not know anybody in this community. And now I am so thankful that we moved here and I did not want to come here at all. I mean, I can confidently say that I was not very nice about when we were moving to our <laughs> new community. And now I just am so blessed and I can't imagine leaving it because of the support that I have. But it, and it didn't happen overnight either. Well, I'm glad and you're saying that. Yeah. Cause it take I'm sure it took time. It takes time. But then I began to really specifically pray pray that God would put godly women in my path mm-hmm. that would become my heart sisters. And, you know, like I said, it didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen in, you know, necessarily in a week, but slowly over time, because I kept putting myself out there, I kept loading my two and a half year old up and my mm-hmm. six month old up in the car and we'd go to mops and, you know, we'd sit around the table and talk. And, you know, you mentioned, um, being vulnerable and and knowing like what to share and how to, you know, kind of that dance of dating Mm -hmm. in a friendship. Yes. But I think that when just in those conversations that you have, when you do put yourself out there, it just takes the courage of one person to be vulnerable that can give another person sitting there the courage to be vulnerable. And before you know it, you've got a bunch of people who are being real with each other. And that's what our hearts really long for. Totally. Um, inauthentic relationships was the number one concern that women had when I was posing research questions for, for my book on social media, that they just didn't have time for anything that wasn't real. Mm -hmm. And so to get to the real, we have to be vulnerable and humble with each other. There's that humble word again. I know. I know. And I love that you're talking about it affects our health too. Cause not only can we say, Hey babe, I'm going out with the girls tonight and it's so my heart can be healthy. Like literally my physical heart can be healthy, but I think it also sends a great message to our kids, uh, you know, to teach them and model for them that, you know, healthy friendship is so important. And it's not that we are, you know, distracting ourselves from our family responsibilities. Of course, we need balance, but it's okay to say, hey, guys, you know, like my, I got dressed up the other day. Oh, no, it, I curled my hair the other day before, <laughs> before dinner, I curled my hair and the kids are like, oh, mommy, where are you going? And I'm like, yes. I'm not going anywhere. I just... My daughter, she said, well, it looks like you're going out with your friends. You're going to go to dinner with your friends. And I'm like, no, I just wanted daddy to, you know, feel like he had a girlfriend when he got home. And they're like, oh, sweet. I know they were so happy that I wasn't going with my friends and leaving them. But, you know, I think it's important. <laughs> I know it's so such a dumb story. But <laughs> no, but it's a true and real story. I all that it. to say, you know, I think it's good that they see us take one night a month or something and go connect with our girlfriends because it's critical, you know, talk, yes. as we close, talk a little bit about what that teaches our daughters and um, how to be a daughters. friend. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have a little girl. Well, she's not little anymore. She's 10. Uh, I shall always be my little girl, but, um, <laughs> she is watching me. And yeah. I remember distinctly the day that I, I learned this is that I had some friends over and the conversation steered towards gossip. Um, as it often does, I think that's probably one of our, all of our biggest challenges as women mm-hmm. is that we can go that direction. And it did. So we're standing around the island in my kitchen and out of the corner of my eye, I see my daughter and, and another little girl, another daughter of another woman who is there standing in the doorway, just listening to us. And I stopped because I thought, oh my goodness, we're modeling for them yes. exactly what we don't want. Mm-hmm. And so 
it was the Holy Spirit. I take no credit, but we, I just felt led to change the conversation because I did not want those little ears to hear anymore. Right. And so I think recognizing how much they're watching us. Yes. Um, I don't think we even understand that. Like, I love the story you just told because, you know, the fact that your kids recognize that you curled your hair, doesn't that show you how much they're watching? <laughs> totally. It shows, might go it un- shows you that I don't curl my hair and do the ponytail flip up thing during homeschool every day. But the I'm fact like, yeah, they- I actually can put makeup on and curl my hair, guys. It's going to be fine. you know. But they notice they're watching, yeah. you know, and so I think that we have to recognize how much they're watching us. And I don't mean that to stress anybody out, but just be aware of the fact that your daughter is watching you. And it goes back to they are going to be who we are instead of who we tell them to be. That's exactly right. You know, and in the book, you bring up the fact that we are our daughter's first female friend. Yes, yes. You know? and- not to confuse the difference between like, we don't want to, when they become tweens and teens, be the friend mom. No, either. of course not. But, but as far as listening to their heart. Right. And, I just wanted to clarify that. Yeah. I, I don't want. Good to, point. That, that's a different message. Totally but, good um, point. <laughs> not a message I would want to get out. But no, no. I think that we model, we are our daughter's first heart sister. Yeah. And what I mean by that is we show our daughter that they can trust us. We show our daughter that we can have humility when we mess up. Mm-hmm. Um we model those traits that a heart sister would have at a young age and we encourage them to do the same, especially with their friends, because we're getting to the age in our house where we're dealing with some mean girl stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, some of those things where, you know, so-and-so said she wouldn't be my friend unless I did this. We're getting to some of that relational stuff. And so we've had to talk a lot about this stuff. Um, and, and actually funny, we should be talking about this because I was just talking the other day with Blythe Daniel, who's my um, agent, and she really wants the next book to be Heart Sisters for the Tween and Teen for this exact mm. reason. Yeah. It's so, so, it can be so difficult to be a tween teen. You know, even with my son, he's 19 now, but I remember when he was a teenager, I had to often encourage him, well, babe, you got to do the right thing, even though they're not doing the right thing. And this is your practice in becoming more like Christ and just really being there to support them in doing the right thing when it feels like their friends aren't going to be giving that back, you know, and yet it's a, it's an opportunity for them to grow. You know, if we swoop in and protect them, which is the temptation, save them from conflict, you know, try to talk to the other mom and, you know, make it all stop. They don't go through the trial or conflict themselves to learn how to grow skills and character. Right. And we really you know? do them a disservice when we do that. Yeah. I mean, I think that I think so too. For we sure. need to all get real with the fact that we're not going to be walking next to our kids their entire lives. And there will be some day when they are going That's to be right. in the workforce or they're going to That's be right. just in the real world. And, and I'm not going to be standing by all three of my kids. Right. And so they have got to learn how to do conflict in a way that's healthy on their own. And they're going to mess up a time or two, just like we still mess up a t- more than me, more than a time or two. But it's important that they know. But that's where we grow. Exactly. Through that's failing, right. asking for forgiveness, learning. Completely. Yeah, yeah. And, yes. and for us to just really pray for our kids that they are able to experience that heart level friendship 
you know, yes. throughout their growing up years that they could be able to find another heart friend that is willing to be having humility back because that's the that's hard right. thing, you know, when they, I think they're encouraged when they finally find a friend who's willing to m- go into conflict, just like we've been talking about as adults mm-hmm. and say, okay, well, I was wrong on this. And another one, I was wrong on this. And, you know, and then the friendship grows because you have trust that's built. Yes. You know, correct. That's yeah. correct. Very good point. Well, I am so thankful you joined me today. I'm so thankful Thank to talk about this topic me. of friendship. Tell I know, I could talk to you for hours. I know, totally. I love you. And I really I mean you. that, you know, and I want everyone to know about what is releasing today. We, when we were on that cruise together by a fluke, and if y'all don't know about what happened, then you can go back to episode 16, JackieWatkins.com <laughs> forward slash episode 16. You can hear how Natalie and I, and our husbands were on a cruise together by accident. But anyway, so fun. we talked about this day back then over a year ago, and it's here and I can't be more excited for you. So tell everybody what's happening today, what your book is called and how everybody can find you and it. Well, Heart Sisters, Be the Friend You Want to Have is being born today. Scheduled C-section. This is a baby. (laughs) Um, It is being released by Abingdon Press, and you can get it from all major booksellers. So Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Christian Book Distributors, uh, Family Christian, and available hardcover, paperback, and electronic as well. Nice. Love it. And where can they find you. you online? Oh, online, www.nataliesnap.com. I'm on Facebook uh, with just uh, facebook.com backslash author Natalie Snap. And there's going to be at Natalie Snap, you know. Yeah, awesome. And I'll link to all of that. And then tell us about the five-day challenge that's coming. Oh, okay. And then we also have a five-day challenge right now called Five Days of Crawling Through Conflict with a Friend. And Mm -hmm. it basically just touches on what we discussed in a little bit more detail. You can sign up and each day a message will be delivered into your email inbox for five days. And uh, you can sign up for that anytime. And it'll begin as soon as you register for that. Okay. And where can they register? Where do they go? NatalieSnap.com? NatalieSnap.com. Yes. Okay. I will link to that in the show notes as well. Great. And Natalie, it is my deepest longing and prayer to see this this book go out into the world and bless many, many people. And that we would all have deeper and more heartfelt relationships because of your words. So thank you for being faithful to write it. Thank you so much. And thanks again for having me, sweet friend. Oh, you're welcome. I'm cheering for you. Have an awesome day. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that's all for this episode. I'm so glad Natalie joined us today. And I hope that you learned even one tip about friendship and how to maneuver friendship and handle your own friendships in your life. I know I did. As usual, you can get to all the links mentioned in this episode at JackieWatkins.com forward slash episode 41. And there I will have a link to Natalie's website, the five-day challenge that you can sign up for, and of course, the link to her new book. And if you would like to win a free copy of Natalie's new book called Heart Sisters, Be the Friend You Want to Have, All you have to do is log into your iTunes and leave a rating or review for this podcast. If you don't know how to get to your iTunes, then all you have to do is go to any computer, internet. I think you need to do it through your computer for sure because you have to have an iTunes account. So you go 
to JackieWatkins.com forward slash iTunes, and that'll take you there to my podcast, and you can click on rating or review, and you just click on it, and you can uh, type in a comment, and then just make sure you tweet to me or email me or, you know, send me a voicemail from my website and leave me your email address so that I can know how to send you the book if you win. So that'll be super fun. We will hold that open for a week. So this episode is originally releasing on April 21st, 2015. And so I will select a winner on April 28th, 2015. So if you're listening to this in the future, I'm sorry you missed out on the book giveaway, but you can always get a copy of Natalie's book from Amazon or any of your uh, retail booksellers. And I will, of course, have links to that in the show notes. Don't forget, you can get a free app for this podcast, JackieWatkins.com forward slash Apple app or forward slash Android app. You can get a free audio book that helps to support this podcast, and it's a free book for you. Unfortunately, Natalie's book is not in audiobook format, but you can have a free audiobook of any book of your choice, including Lisa Turkhurst's book, Unglued, which Natalie mentioned in the episode. So go check that out, mudstoriesbook.com. So no matter where you are today in friendship, whether you are blessed to have some heart sister friends or whether you're just in a lonely place right now and really longing for some connection, it's my hope that Natalie's words in this conversation, this podcast episode has encouraged you and, you know, I'm going to be joining you. Let's put ourselves out there and be the friend that we long to have and see what God's going to do. I'm excited for that. And so today, no matter what you're facing, no matter where you've been or what does lie ahead, may you find a grateful song to sing. Have a beautiful day. I never in you ever feels a press upon my mind I pull a shame that leaves me a little bit blind I cannot see beyond the blame And I never will find a way out And then I feel you next to me You lift my head to see Your strong arm reaches to me Your mercy floods my tired soul as you lift me out of my muddy hole. You wash me up with your sweet grace and you lead me to a safer place again. I never in you other fails to press upon my That leaves me a little bit blind I cannot see beyond the blame And I never will find a way out And then I feel you next to me You lift my head to see Your strong arm reaches to me Your mercy floods my tired soul As you lift me out You wash me off with your sweet grace And you lead me to a safer place You overwhelm my broken thoughts And you mend my lost and damaged heart I find myself where I 
song to sing, a grateful song.